Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the Bernie and Sid Show. Frank Moreno here with John Katsimatidis, Judge Richard Reinberg, and former FBI Assistant Director George Venizelos, currently the uh, Chief of Staff here at uh, Red Apple. And everybody is talking about what is happening in Asia. North Korea officially had zero COVID cases until last Thursday. Now Pyongyang says 1.2 million people have feverish COVID-like symptoms. 50 people have died, and the entire country is under lockdown. Now, North Korea has a 0% vaccination rate. You talk about a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. paradise, and um, it has very lackluster health facilities. It's already struggling to feed its population. What does this mean for the future of relations with North Korea? What does this mean for the future of Asia? Uh, We're joined now by the man who knows more about North Korea and Asia than anybody, author of the book, The Coming Collapse of China, a guy who uh, you could check out his writings at gordonchang.com or read on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang, the aforementioned Gordon Chang. Gordon, thanks so much for joining us on the Bernie and Sid Show. Well, thank you so much, Frank and everybody else. So where do you see this heading? Uh, how uh, how difficult is it going to be to get the North Koreans help when Kim Jong-un doesn't want to seem to allow anybody to interact with anybody in North Korea? You know, that's a great question. And, and that is the dilemma for the regime, because they don't want China's vaccines because they know they don't work. They look like they want the mRNA vaccines from the United States, but it's very difficult politically for Kim Jong-un to do that because he calls the United States its enemy. So North Korea is in a problem right now. And when we talk about a country of 25.8 million, 1.5 million infections is a significant number, and that number is only going to go up. Gordon, it's uh, it's Richard Weinberg. Good morning. Good I'm, morning, Richard. I, I heard that uh, South Korea has offered to bring vaccines in into North Korea. What do you say about that? Well, uh, the new president there, Yoon Suk-yeol, um, is, has outreach to North Korea. And it's not just vaccines. It's also economic development and other assistance. But the North Koreans traditionally have been very resistant to help from South Korea. And the reason is that the reason for the existence of the North Korean regime, according to the Kim family, is to take over the entire peninsula. So to receive help from the other Korea is an admission of a failure of Kim family rule. They can't do that. So I don't expect that there's going to be very much assistance that Kim Jong-un is going to accept from Seoul. What can you tell us about the new South Korean president, Gordon? It seemed like the previous South Korean president was uh, looking to have a more conciliatory relationship with uh, North Korea, whereas it seems like the the new president in, in South Korea wants a much warmer relationship with the United States and wants to take a much harder line with Pyongyang. That's exactly right. Moon Jae-in, the former president, really was pro-China, pro-North Korea. 
He abhorred the United States. He went out of his way to uh, sideline us and to signal to the South Korean people that we were the enemy. Yoon suk Yeol, the current president, is very pro-American, uh, conservative-leaning. Um, the election was razor-thin in March, and the reason why Yoon won was not really because of foreign policy, was because basically domestic policies, which were very socialist in nature, just weren't working and it actually exacerbated problems there. So we have uh, a South Korea that is moving in the right direction, um, and we're very fortunate because if Yoon didn't win, um, South Korea could have defected to China. Wow. Uh, uh, Gordon, what's happening in China now with uh, their COVID problems and their economic problems? Uh, the Chinese economy right now is contracting. That was clear from the disastrous numbers from April. And it's not just the retail sales and output numbers that have caught people's attention. Retail sales down 11.1, uh, industrial output down 2.9. What was really disastrous were the property numbers, which were all down double digits, close to 30% on things like sales, new construction, and the rest of it. Property is the heart of the Chinese economy, accounting for maybe 30% of gross domestic product. They've got a debt crisis that they can't get beyond because the country's accumulated much too much debt, maybe 350, maybe 400% of annual GDP. So China right now is in a point where it is in extreme trouble. And part of it is because the Federal Reserve is raising rates here. That's putting pressure on the Chinese currency, which has dropped about 7% in the last, let's say, month or so. And that means that their problem of capital flight is now coming back. This could be the final crisis for the Chinese regime. They can handle this, but they, for political reasons, are not doing the common sense things that are necessary to save them. Uh, speaking of China, Gordon, um, China, we f don't generally think, because there's over a billion people there, we don't generally think of China as a country that has a population problem, but it does. Uh, because of the years of the one-child policy, the population is old and getting older, and now, with so much of the country under these harsh lockdowns due to COVID, uh, I'm hearing that there's some real concern about this population crisis being exacerbated. Now, as much as some of us would like to decouple the two economies of the United States and China, China is a huge trading partner for the United States. So many of the goods that we buy in the United States are made in China, and they're a big lender of, for the United States right now. What do the population problems and the related economic problems in China mean for the United States, Gordon? That's a really important question. First of all, to put this in context, China is facing the steepest demographic decline in history in the absence of war or disease. Wow. They probably will lose half their population in 45 years, maybe sooner. Um, by the turn of the century, they'll be about as third as populous as they are now. In other words, about the size of the U.S., uh, China, I think, is on the verge of failure. That is going to shake the global economy. But China actually is less important. Remember, China needs us far more than we need China. Um, so if China were to d disappear, that actually would be good for U.S. manufacturing, and it would be good, of course, for geopolitics. So although the Chi the one thing, of course, is that on the way down, um, Chinese leaders could decide to end the humanity as we know it. And they have the power to do it, and they even may have the mentality to do it. 
So we've got to be very concerned about what they might do to start a war someplace with not just Taiwan, not just India, not just Japan, not just the Philippines, but maybe even the United States. We've got to be extremely concerned about a fragile and distressed China. Gordon, what's the, uh, the realistic expectation with respect to the survival of Taiwan as an independent country? I think Taiwan has much better than a 50-50 chance as an independent country, especially if the United States were to do what is in America's interest, which is to rush to its defense. Um, we did not rush to Ukraine's defense. That has caused not only the war there, but that's caused a dynamic that um, is going to really uh, accelerate deglobalization, cause all sorts of instability through the, throughout the Eurasian landmass, maybe even trigger um, war with nuclear weapons. This was a monumental failure on the part of the West. We cannot afford another monumental failure on the other end of Eurasia. On that note, Gordon Chang, you can catch him on Twitter at Gordon G. Chang. Check out his website, gordonchang.com. Uh, thank you for the update this morning, Gordon. We'll look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, This is the Bernie and Sid Show. Frank Morano here with Judge Richard Weinberg, George Venizelos, and John Katsimatidis. We'll continue with a few closing thoughts in just a moment. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.